Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim Adaf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Yat Shalom. We're now in Masachet Yoma Adaf Pei Bet. I'm with Aleph taking a look at the fifth Mishnah in this, the final parak of Yoma. Ubrasha If a pregnant woman smelled food and suddenly got uh, craving for it, she eats, they feed her on Yom Kippur until she feels better, until she gains composure. If somebody is sick, we feed him based on doctors. And if there are no doctors present, we feed him based on his own request. Until he says, I've had enough. Okay. Now we're away from Yom Kippur. A woman is pregnant. And she smells kochim being cooked or non-kosher food. They stick a, uh, a stick into the gravy and they put it right in front of her mouth. If that works, then if not, they give her some of the gravy. If she feels good, fine. Then they feed her the actual meat. As well-known dictum that nothing stands in the way of pikuach nefesh, meaning of saving a life, except for those three particular crimes. We'll get into the details in a moment. Now, parenthetically, this is not exactly the same formulation as the one that we're accustomed to from the sugyan Masachet Sanhedrin Dafayin Dalid, which is about uh, martyrdom, which is when uh, faced with the choice of uh, violating one of uh, one of any other crime or being killed, you're supposed to violate the crime. In the case of these three crimes, you're supposed to give up your life. Here it's a question of of healing. Is one allowed to be healed uh, by violating a crime? And the answer is yes, except for these three. How do we know that you must uh, die rather than violate Avodah The Torah tells us we have to love God with all of our life and all of our possessions. That's the way we understand And so why does the Torah have to say both? The Torah said, that's enough. You have to love God with all your life. And the answer is, Some people value their life more than their possessions, hopefully. Therefore, the Torah says, With all your life, meaning that which is dearest to you. If there's somebody whose possessions are more valuable to them than their life, Therefore, the Torah addresses that also. It says, With all your possessions. So therefore, you have to be able, be willing to give everything up for the love of God, and of course, the betrayal of the love of God would be Avodah Zarat. And how do we know the other two? The Tanya Rebbe Omer, in the context of a Na'ara, who was being raped, <coughs> if she was raped and not uh, and was not consenting, then of course she's not held liable for actions, even if she was betrothed, there are no consequences to her. And the Torah says that just like a man killing another person, similar is this case, meaning she is like a victim of a murder. It was against her will. And the, and the Rebbe says, what, what is uh, Nara Musa teaching us about Rotseach or vice versa? It comes to instruct and actually comes to and ends up inferring. Meaning, it sounds like Rotseach is going to teach us about Nara Musa, but actually it's the opposite. And just as we know from other context, from other texts, that you're allowed to save a Naramurasa from being raped, even if it means killing the, the uh, potential perpetrator, Afrotseach, 
You're allowed to stop a murderer even by kill by killing the uh, the um, the predator. And then we flip. Uh, just like when it comes to killing, you must die rather than kill somebody else who's innocent. Similarly, with sexual immorality, you must die rather than violate that. Now, how do we know that Rotseach itself is something that you have to die rather than violate? The answer is it's a svara, meaning it's a reasonable con- um, uh, conclusion from uh, from the proper kind of thinking. And it's important to note, uh, Dr. Eliezer Berkowitz, in his book, Not in Heaven, uh, has a long piece about Svara, in which he explains what Svara really means in the Talmudic context. And what's the story? A fellow came to Rabba. The local bully or duke came up to me and said, either you kill this guy or I'm going to kill you. He said, let them kill you and don't you kill. And what's his reasoning? Who says that your blood is redder? Maybe his blood is redder. In other words, don't play God and you can't decide who lives. And rather to, uh, to be passive and allow them to kill you than to take action and kill another person and, and, uh, and in that way to, uh, to save your life. So as a result of that, the Sfarad determines that murder is something that a person should uh, forego and be killed. Uh, and therefore, the Torah links murder to uh, sexual immorality. And therefore, in the case of sexual immorality, also a person should, um, should uh, die rather than to violate it. Now we have a story. Ubra da Archa. There was a uh, a girl who uh, was pregnant, and she uh, she had she smelled something, and she had a great desire for food, uh, and it was Yom Kippur. After the coming to Rebbe, they came to Rebbe. Amarlo who zilu luchushula the Yom Kippur. Who first of all whispered to her the Yom Kippur. See what happens. Luchushula veilchasha. They did that, and um, and it worked, and she stopped having the the, the pangs. So Rebbe applied the pasuk about about the, that Hashem says to Yirmiyahu when he first introduced him to Nevoah, before I formed you in the stomach, I already knew you. In other words, he said something uh, um, uh, something very good about the the baby must be uh, the, who's being born must be a very special person. And the baby was born was Rabbi Yochanan. There was a woman who was pregnant and had smelled again Yom Kippur. Now they come to Rabbi Chanina. Now they come to Rabbi's student, Rabbi Chanina. He said to do the same thing my Rabbi did, whisper to her, and it didn't work. He then said the pasuk about him, that you have, um, that uh, we could see from the, from the, uh, the stomach, that uh, that uh, Rishayim are already identified, meaning Nafak Minei Shabtai Atzar Pare Peri, and who ended up being born from that pregnancy? Shabtai, uh, who was uh, the one who would uh, who was evidently well known in their day as somebody who would store up fruit during um, years of famine and then sell them at a high price. Not a good guy. Okay, the Mishnah said that you feed a chole based on doctors. I'm Rabbi Yana. Chole Omer Tsarich. If the if the sick guy says I need some food, and the doctor says he doesn't, show me the chole. We listen to the chole. My Tama, why? A person knows what he needs. 
pshita, it should be obvious. We would think a doctor is more of an expert. Kamash Malan, that a person is more of an expert about themselves. Now flip it. If the doctor says he needs food, and the choles says, we don't, I don't need food, show me the rofei, we listen to the doctor, either way we feed him. My tama, tun bahu denakit leit. Um, that, uh, that the, uh, the person is sick is sick, and therefore they got some, uh, craziness in their head, and thought they could do better, and the doctor, being dispassionate and objective, was able to determine he needs the food. Either way, we're gonna feed him. Tanan, cholemachlinu to ababikin. So ababikin in apiatsmolo, but our Mishnah seems to say, um, unlike that, that it's, we always follow the doctor unless there's no doctor present. So the answer is, ababikin, um, and it sounds like we need multiple doctors, not one. And that goes against everything that we just saw in that bright. That's like when a case where the guy says, we don't need it. So why don't we feed him based on one baki? There's another doctor. So we're talking about a case where the chole says, I don't need it, but the doctor says, you do need it. Then we feed him, as we said. Why do we need doctors here? The answer is there's two doctors there. One says he needs, one says he doesn't need. So if we have two doctors as he needs, even though there's one that says he doesn't need, we feed him. Obviously we feed him based on that, because it's safek nefashot. This guy may be in danger, and we always go lakula. So there's two doctors say he doesn't need, two doctors say he does need. When do we say the two are like a hundred and a hundred are like two? Meaning, if you have two witnesses and a hundred witnesses and they they have opposing testimony, we don't say the hundred beat the two, but we basically have testimony against testimony that knocks each other out. That's when it comes to edut. When once you hit two, you're an edut. When it comes to a question of assessment, we count the people. We got two guys who say he doesn't need, two guys who say he does need. So then we go Lakula and we say we feed him. And by the way, when do we say that the amount of people counts and we don't say two is like a hundred? That's when we're we're assessing as far as the value of something goes. But this is effect So even though it's two versus two, and the Chodah says I don't need, we still feed him. But the end of the Mishnah said, if there are no doctors there, we feed him based on his own request. Must mean that in the Rasha, he was saying, I do need. The answer is, Our Mishnah is missing. What should it say? What's the complete version? When do we say the first, the, first, the ruling in the first case? That's when he says, I don't need. And there's two doctors there who say he does need. That's Bikin. There's still another two doctors who say he doesn't need. Still, we feed him. But if he says, I need it, if there's only one doctor there who says he doesn't need it, then we feed him. But if there's two doctors there who say he doesn't need it, and he says, I do need it, we evidently don't feed him. He says that even if you have a hundred doctors who say he doesn't need it, but he says, I do need it, we still feed him, it's on this principle of that a person knows what they need. If it's a bitter thing, they know that they're starving and that they uh, that they really need this food. So our Mishnah said, if there are no experts, we feed him based on his own word. 
Sounds like only because there's no other doctors. Lo, but if there's doctors, we don't listen to them. Against what we just said. The answer is, Again, the ratio is if he says, I don't need it. But if he says, I do need it, Even if there's no experts there to support what he's saying, we still feed him based on his own word. And therefore, um, even if there are uh, lots of Bikim there who say he doesn't need to eat, we still listen to him because uh, that's what Ein Shambikin Klau might mean, that there's no experts there supporting him. Nonetheless, we still feed him because a person knows what he needs in that context. Okay, we'll pause here. We'll pick it up with the next Mishnah about another situation of sickness on Yom Kippur as a result of the fast. May should have a wonderful day.